in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, are Democrats are, are Democrats that dumb that they're going to really vote for Kathy Hochul? Is this really going to happen just because there are more Democrats in New York? Can Democrats open their eyes and look around, right, and see what's happening? Do they want more of this, more of this? Are they that dumb? Are they that dumb? Well, maybe, maybe, just maybe they are. Maybe it's just muscle memory. Maybe just going with the flow. Just vote Democrat, vote Democrat, vote Democrat. Uh, There are some real dummies in that party. Oh, boy. Kamala Harris, possibly the worst of the worst. Uh, Well, she's the top female Democrat in in America, right? And did you see what she did in, oh, my gosh, in South Korea, our very precious ally, she said about the worst thing you could possibly say. Are you ready for this? Do we have this? Go ahead, please. Go ahead. To the northeast. No, 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 no. There is a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. So the- what the hell's going on? Why are you playing a dance track in the background? Anyway, she was talking about what great friends we are with, North Korea. North Korea. She has got to be on drugs and or alcohol. And I really do hope she gets help. I've heard that before from uh, senior individuals within the intelligence community that this woman has a um, substance abuse problem. And as somebody who once uh, drank way too much, uh, I, I really do. I hope she gets the help that she clearly needs. Something is not right. Oop. Speaking of things not being right, there is Joe Biden with a microphone at FEMA headquarters. What could go wrong? It looks like he's off script, too. Go ahead. Let's listen to this for a moment. Might lose your job, your day job, or receive some other penalty at work because of this national service. That's what the CREW Act guarantees. It's going to help people become more civilian, gain more civilian reservists out there. And it's going to make FEMA stronger. It's going to make America stronger. That's who we are. That's who we are. Every time disaster strikes, emergency crews from all over the country, all over the country, from across the federal government, show up to help like they're doing right now in Florida. That's America, a country of women and men willing to serve, willing to leave their own families to help a stranger's family. Yeah, just ask Hunter. All right, enough with you. I'm sorry. I just... He's talking about some bogus regulation they passed. Oh, yeah, this is going to help. Um... Uh, he's not a uh, he's not a, he's not a big picture guy. He's not a big picture guy. I didn't. Uh, you saw the images, man. It's really really bad down there. Uh, I guess now it's hit South Carolina. Uh, never seen anything quite like this. I've never seen I mean, Katrina. I don't think Katrina was this bad. We went through it last night. We'll do it tonight. Um, I think the appropriate thing is for at least the television news, television national news, is to stay on this all the time. And I'm looking at all the TVs, and they're on it right now. Except for Channel 4. I went to Channel 4. Just wanted to skip around this morning. You know what uh, Hoda and Jenna were talking about? Uh, George Clooney and diaper changes in the George Clooney household. They thought that was really cute. And they're going on and on and on about And then they talked about how Jenna Bush won a news Emmy. She got, she got an Emmy. Why did she get it? Because she parachuted with some Army demonstration team and she got an Emmy. Anyway, they weren't talking. They've got cameras down there in in Florida, and they didn't seem to quite give a damn. Um, is this true? Did we lose hundreds of people? I, 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 there's some sheriff down there saying that we have hundreds of fatalities. I, 
I hope the initial estimates are wrong, um, gravely wrong. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Steve Harrigan, he is a reporter on the ground. He's known to get a little bit hysterical. I've seen him do it before. Let's see if he did it this time. Hey, sometimes things are uh, pretty bad, um, but sometimes he overdoes it. Let's see. Uh, cut six, please. Doing good here. It is too late for Charlotte County. Those are certainly ominous words to hear from the governor. Right now, about 900 people in this county are in shelters. There are about 175 shelters opened up across Florida. They've warned two and a half million people all along the coast to leave. They've actually ordered about 1.75 million people to evacuate. Now, a lot of those people have not evacuated. And just from standing here, I can tell you, over the last hour, conditions have gotten worse. The wind has picked up considerably. We're not seeing trees snap, but we're beginning to see small objects fly around, branches. So first there's going to be the wind, then there's going to be the surge, then there's going to be flooding from the rain. So a real triple threat here for the west coast of Florida over the next several hours. Okay, well, it's sunny in Florida right now, and now we're picking up the pieces. And uh, what can you do? Can you give to the Red Cross? Can we hope the the lights are going back on? That's going to take a while. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how. I wish we could help more. One thing I'm not going to do is blame anybody. <laughs> we'll leave that to the bimbos on the View. Did you hear this? Cut ten, please. Cut ten. Joy Behar. This is the quote from Governor DeSantis yeah. about climate change. Quote: I am not in the pews of the Church of the Global Warming Leftists. This is what he thinks about climate change. And now his state is getting hit with one of the worst hurricanes well, that perhaps, will ever perhaps see. Perhaps he is smart enough to recognize that this is not normal. Um, what did uh, he have to do with climate change to the extent that climate change exists? He's a, he became governor in 2019. 2019. These are, uh, these are trends that happen over 10,000, 20,000 years, right? He, got to, he became governor Governor in 2019, and can the governor of Florida really do much about climate change? No. How about when he was a, um, a, a relatively obscure congressman, right? It's all on – you can believe whatever you want to believe, by the way. Uh, you know, this, uh, I, I do want to know. I would love I would love to sit down with Joy Behar and, and Whoopi and, and have them instruct – well, not me, but a classroom of children about climate change. Wouldn't that be interesting to hear them go through the ins and outs of climate change? Do you think Joe Biden could actually do that? Could he talk about inverted inversion? Does he know what that is? No, he doesn't. (laughs) I actually have a fairly decent background in meteorology. I had to do it as a pilot. Meteorology. Uh, The only thing I couldn't really handle was the pronunciation. Um, All right. So, look, fingers crossed down there. I really hope it's not hundreds. We all do. I I think that, that, uh, that sheriff might have gotten a little bit carried away. I am still surprised, though, if you live on the coast. You know, I love my, I love my uh, aunt and uncle, my late aunt Teresa there in, uh, in Breezy Point. Uh, a lot of people in Breezy Point during the Hurricane Sandy stayed. They stayed when they should have left. Uh, but, hey, Breezy is back and better than ever. But when they tell you to get out, get out. As, as a fa- matter of fact, I evacuated. I evacuated. I lived at uh, 30 West Street, which is right there on the water back then, and uh, I got out. I had to evacuate. I thought about it. I'm like, you know, I just, what if there's no elevator service? What if the lights go out in the entire building? I can't be stuck on, where did I live? I lived on the 28th floor. 
I, I just I, I couldn't handle it. I, I, I listened to the authorities. You, you got to do that. And by the way, the authorities, I wonder how many stories we're going to see about racial profiling right now as the cops, first responders um, respond to anybody in need. Anybody. Anybody. These guys, uh, I, I don't see too many stories critical of the cops right now. Now, uh, those stories are phony baloney, make believe. Right now, we really, really need them. So criticizing them is basically, when you think about it, it's really a luxury. It's a luxury. Uh, it's a luxury. It's a hobby of the of the woke left. All right, Kathy Hochul. Do you, did you hear that a major campaign contributor gave her $300,000? Uh, the New York State suddenly gave that campaign contributor a multi-million-dollar contract for COVID testing. At-home COVID testing. I didn't take an at-home COVID test, did you? I think I took one COVID test. When I when I knew I had COVID, I stayed home. I, I had a sense I had COVID. At one point, I, I lost all sense of taste for about a day and a half. Stayed home. Other than that, why am I going to go out and get a COVID test? If you have the flu, you're supposed to stay home anyway. Anyway, we, we blew about $30 million, and it looks like we just gave it to a friend of Kathy Hochul. Because Kathy Hochul took... $300,000 from this individual. And Kathy Hochul, actually, it looks like she showed her appreciation by giving the contributor's son or daughter, child, 21-year-old child, a job in the re-elect Kathy Hochul campaign. How is that for pay for play, right? I mean, whoo, this is uh, this is glaring. Now, this is one of those things that um, we, we might as well vote her out now because... She's going to be in big trouble if she's elected to a full four-year term. She really is. She's not cut out for this, obviously. Uh, A vapid airhead who is doing what she's told. Uh, What else about her? Remember, Governor Cuomo. Cuomo. Oh, he's got a podcast, I heard. But anyway, Cuomo picked her because uh, she's no good. Because she's mediocre. That's what almost always happens. Always happens that way. Speaking of mediocre number twos, can we hear that one more time? Kamala Harris <laughs> talking about how good friends we are with communist North Korea one more time. Never mind. The United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. Uh, what's up with the dance beat in the background? Did you hear that? I heard that. Um, well, hey, Andrew Cuomo does have something going. Let's hear this real quick. Cut 24. The past few months gave me a new perspective on politics, on people, and even on life. I have seen it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I've seen both extremes, the worst in politics and opportunism, but I've also seen the best in government and service. I believe at the end of the day, I will be the better for it. And I want to move forward and focus on what is really important. I have fought the good fight in government and politics all my life. And I am not done fighting yet. And? And? Is that it? And? The podcast? Is that, is that, is that what's going to happen? Another podcast in the system. All right. I guess it's not going to hurt. Uh, what about for work? You know, he is a lawyer. Uh, where did he go to law school? I think he went to Albany Law School. I don't know if he ever actually practiced, but he's he passed the bar at some point, and he's allowed to do that. Hey, uh, did you hear about the woman from Gone Girl who was run over by a motor scooter? 
uh, one of those zip rides on, uh, not a zip ride, but, a, you know, one of those silly electric scooters that everybody is on right now, uh, mowed her down on the Upper West Side, and the guy was just convicted of manslaughter, and he faces one to three years in jail. One to three years in jail. Uh, that does not seem adequate because he left the scene. He left the scene. He runs her over and then runs away. Can you imagine? That's tantamount to murder in my book, actually. You run somebody over and you run away instead of getting them help. And she desperately needed help. She died days later in the hospital. Uh, I saw that Gone Girl. She played the mother of the Gone Girl. She played the mother of the girl who went missing. Let's see. What's her name here? Gone Girl. And uh, I do notice this. Now, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. Or maybe I should. I don't know. If I want to play by the left's rules... Let's see here. The driver who fatally hit actress Lisa Baines as she crossed a New York City street last year pleaded guilty to second-degree manslaughter charges on Thursday. Brian Boyd, 27, is scheduled to be sentenced November 30th and faces one to three years in prison for striking the Gone Girl star with an e-scooter on June 4th of 2021, sending Baines to the hospital where she would die 10 days later at age 65. Boyd fled the scene after the incident, leading to his arrest weeks later and an addition, uh, an additional charge for leaving the crash without reporting. Brian Boyd drove recklessly with no regard for pedestrians, fatally striking the beloved actress and New Yorker before speeding off. Yeah, he did all those things. Let me see here. I'm reading more and more about this. Now, what am I not reading? I'm not reading any real details about Brian Boyd. Now, why is that? This is the Daily Beast. Why well, wouldn't? Well, I mean, it just seems like what does he do for a living? Where does he live? All this stuff is not in there. Hmm. Brian Boyd. Let's go ahead and find out a little bit more about him. Brian Boyd. Well, there are a lot of Brian Boyds. Okay, Scooter. Brian Boyd Scooter. Now, is this one of the reasons why we're not hearing a little bit more about him? He happens to be black. He happens to be black. Now, this is arguably. And this is the, my favorite argument. This is of no relevance, okay? It does not matter. However, why is it not included in the story when every time, every time we have a situation where a white person does something that's bad, that affects a person of color, it's racialized, and it's an example of white supremacy? Why is that? Now, could this be? Something else? No, I don't think so, actually. I don't think there's racial animus here. He's just an idiot, a reckless fool, without a heart. It drives off. Hmm. But it is curious that race is emphasized. You can you could actually have to build a little, like, matrix, you know, when when they will talk about it and when they won't. When, when it's emphasized. And when, for instance, a black identity extremist... In Waukesha, Wisconsin, drives down uh, 10 people at a Christmas Day parade. The driver is black. The victims are white. It's not mentioned. Not, men- not mentioned at all. Zero mention. Hmm? When a couple of people of color who happen to uh, torch a police car during Black Lives Matter, no mention. No mention at all. I mean, in a weird way, I'm fine with that. I mean... I think color blindness is probably the ideal, right? Although, try saying that to a wokester. If you say you're color blind, that's even worse than uh, 
That's even worse than being labeled a racist. It's so convoluted and bizarre, their woke agenda and their protocol and their rules. And uh, of course they are because they are corrupt. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Turned out to be a pretty big deal. Joe Biden couldn't figure out if that woman was alive or dead. Uh, Congresswoman Jackie, that was, ooh, boy. And it's going to follow him around. Now that we have Kamala Harris, can't figure out if we're friends with North or South Korea. Uh, we have this situation where he, he did not know. And by the way, I got to tell you, I didn't know anything about this congresswoman either. Uh, but it was big news when she died. This is uh, Jackie Walorski is her name, Republican of Indiana. And when she died, now I I do remember this when it happened. It was a car wreck, which doesn't happen every day to members of Congress. Cut 39. This is ABC 57 News with breaking news. ABC 57 following the tragic breaking news on that deadly crash that killed Indiana 2nd District Congresswoman Jackie Walorski and three others today. Indiana Congresswoman Jackie Walorski and two of her staffers, Emma Thompson and Zachary Potts, were killed in a car crash in northern Indiana on Wednesday. And members of Congress are grieving one of their own this morning. Flags at half staff at the Capitol in honor of Republican Congresswoman Jackie Walorski. All right. So that was last month, early last month. Isn't it funny that August is last month? Doesn't it seem longer ago? Anyway, it was. And then Joe Biden yesterday at a nutrition event, which uh, Jackie Walorski was very active in when she was alive, doesn't seem to know that she's dead. Cut 38. Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here to help make this a reality. This is where that, what is it, what amendment is it when they're crazy, when they can't do the job? The 25th Amendment, I think. I know that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah. Uh, now, how do you spin your way out of this one? Cut 40. If the late Congresswoman was top of mind for the president and her family was expected to be here, and that's what he was thinking about, what, why was he looking for? I'm not, I'm not trying to be as he was naming folks he she was on top of mind and he understands and knew that she was he was going to see uh, her family on friday uh to, for this bill signing uh again i don't think it's all that unusual um yeah it's pretty unusual actually especially for a president of the united states he didn't know that she was dead i know she's dead and i'm up here cut 40 i to ask you to one more time back to the question about Congresswoman Walorski. I'm not sure why. Why? Why one more time? Frankly, honestly, I think the memory of the Congresswoman and history requires some clarity here. Um, hmm. Can you explain where the mistake was made? Did the pres- was the president confused? Was something written in the teleprompter that he didn't recognize? Can you just help us understand what happened? I mean, you're jumping to a lot of conclusions. No, but you're... But, but I, I, no, I hear you, Stephen. I'm, I'm answering the question that you're jumping to a lot of conclusions. I just answered the question. If I had said... If that had been the case... Um, no, it's... I just wish they could be a little bit more forthright with the American people. It's not a one-off thing. They are dishonest just about all the time. They just can't be straight with us. Anyway, what a what a shame. In the meantime, you know, it's good to not paint yourself in a box. All right. There are good people. There's good and bad in everybody. There is good and bad in everybody, including Vladimir Putin, by the way. Yes, including Putin. But when we portray him like this, we give ourselves no out whatsoever. Cut 36. 
And it is Putin. It is Vladimir Putin who is to blame, period. Putin has shattered peace in Europe and attacked the very, very tenets of rule-based order. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. So that doesn't really leave us any options whatsoever. And it's not just him. It's his entire uh, administration. This is the, the very wimpy Jake Sullivan, National Security Advisor, Cut 37. Uh, Vladimir Putin remains intent, as you just heard from President Biden, on wiping out the Ukrainian people, uh, that he does not believe that Ukraine should have a right to exist. So he's going to keep coming, and we have to keep coming with weapons, ammunition, intelligence, and all the support we can provide to the Ukrainians as they defend their land, Mm -hmm. their freedom, and their democracy. Somebody mentioned the other day, you know, wait a second, is it just about (laughs) ammunition and guns and battles? What about peace? Why isn't anyone talking about peace? You know the one guy who did, Donald Trump, yesterday, a very interesting proposal. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It was a real wake-up call for me. I started working at New York One in 2001. I was um, kind of um, a wet-behind-the-ears reporter. I thought I liked politics a lot. But all anybody ever talked about in that campaign was racial politics. Thought there'd be more discussions about the issues. You know, what does this mean? What does that mean? What's a better policy? What's a what's a better way to fix this problem? Transportation, housing, all that stuff. It was all about race. It's what the political reporters talked about, the candidates to some degree. Publicly, they would try to sanitize it, but behind the scenes, that's what everybody was consumed with. And as I explore a potential run for mayor... You know, I'm focused on the issues. I'm focused on, but then I'll meet, you know, a guy who will throw cold water on my face, right? And these are very sophisticated people. They know politics and they'll say things like, well, you know, Eric Adams is going to get 95% of the black vote. You know, uh, at least half of the uh, the white vote will go to the liberals. The Hispanic vote, you could split. Like, wait, what? Is that how you guys look at the world? And uh, it is actually how a lot of folks look at the world. I it's um it's a strange it's a very foreign to me to think that you know there are people who all day long categorize people by race and i guess they have the data to back it up that if you are you know if you're a white person and you live in such and such a place it's more likely that you will vote for these candidates as opposed to a if you're a black woman and you live in this place, then it's more likely that you will vote for the. They have data. They they can back up all this stuff. So if I do run for mayor, there must be a pathway. And quite frankly, you know what? Maybe there won't be. I'm I am sure that experts will always be telling me it can't be done. Oh no 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 no. You know you're pro Trump. You're pro this. You're anti that. No way. No way. You got some baggage. Uh 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 uh. If Eric Adams can do it, did you see the way? Did you see? Can this guy, this guy, is he worthy of our city? Is he really worthy to be our mayor? Cut 43. You've had a lot of mayors that did the waltz. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. I do the boogaloo. I salsa. You know, so don't, don't, if you want to get through these next three years and three months, don't try to script me. Again, the only thing that I like, the, the boogaloo. What the hell is the boogaloo? You know, Rudy Giuliani, I don't know if he did the boogaloo or the waltz or whatever. You know what he did? He worked his ass off and he saved lives. 
you save lives. What are you doing? You're partying. You're a party boy. You like to party. Party on down. Have a good time, Eric. Cut 44. I don't know what I'm doing every night. You know, I don't know what I'm doing after dinner. I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing after having a cigar. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't think he has a very realistic view of himself, uh, the city, and what his role is. Uh, he was dressed like a um, uh, a records executive from um, Hollywood, actually, with the sunglasses on and everything like that. And it looks like he wants to be on the world stage, cut 42. It's not up to me to dictate to countries on uh, what I'm going to do. It's up to me to ask them, you know, what do you need? <laughs> How humble of him. It's not up to him to dictate to uh, to countries, what do you need? And I saw some guy next to him. Um, who is this? Zach Iskell, who I met once or twice at a party. He's a real party boy. He's another party boy. What, what This guy is now, what is he? The uh, Commissioner of Emergency Management. What the hell is he doing with that job? Who is he? He's a prep school kid. He's, he, he comes from the nonprofit world. I met him at a Marine Corps event or two. Um, but it's fine to be in the Marine Corps. And then what? Then you join the nonprofit world and you work for yourself. That nonprofit world, half of those nonprofits, don't get me started on nonprofits. A lot of them are great, but a lot of them are pretty self serving. Don't you think? Arlene, hello. Hi, Greg. Hi. Yeah, hi. I just uh, was referencing Jean Pierre when she said uh, that Biden spoke because she was top of mind. Now, I grew up in New York. I know she grew up in Long Island. Have you heard that expression? Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, no, you're right. He was top of mind. It was top of mind. I know. I mean, uh, I, why do you say she grew up on Long Island? I don't know if she did. She yeah. top of mind. I, I never just heard that expression before. Top of mind. Yeah. No, it seemed a little uh, awkward to me as well. It seemed like it was missing a preposition or two. Um, no, she's uh, she's not good. And at least, you know, just come clean. You know, they, she thinks everything has to be smooth, velvety smooth. It doesn't. And when you try to be velvety smooth, you know, you crack. Like, she is obviously cracking up. Just say, look, he forgot. <laughs> Shoot me. <laughs> He's got a lot on his mind. You know, he forgot. He wasn't that particularly close with this Republican congresswoman. Although, you know why? You know what? It really reflects bad staff work. You ever see Donald Trump? When he goes to one of these uh, events, you know, a rally, and he starts off real strong. We are going to take back the entire country from the crazy woke left. And then he'll go into the administration, administrative portion of the rally. You know what I mean? We are here, and I would like to thank County Executive Tom Baumgratz and his beautiful wife, Alexandria. <laughs> he gets it all right. He always He always nails it. And that's staff work, staff work. You know, he gives them a list, an up-to-date list. This is the guy's wife's name, you know. Uh, it's very professional. He's got some good people around him. Anyway, Arlene, what else? Yeah, was that on the teleprompter, though, when he was looking for her? Uh, it's hard to tell what he's looking at. He's, you know, is he looking off? Is he looking out? Is he looking at Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. They asked him that yesterday. I think they asked him. Give me the second, Karine Jean-Pierre. I think they asked him about the teleprompter. What did, what did she say to that again? I'm compelled to ask you to go 
one more time back to the question about Congressman Wolorski. I'm not sure why. Why? Why one more time? Frankly, honestly, I think the memory of the Congresswoman and history requires some clarity here. Um, hmm. Can you explain where the mistake was made? Did the president was the president confused? Was something written in the teleprompter that he didn't recognize? Can you just help us understand what happened? I mean, you're jumping to a lot of conclusions. No, but you're. But, but I, I. No, I hear you, Stephen. I'm. I'm answering the question. That you're jumping to a lot of conclusions. I just answered the question. If I had said, if that had been the case. All right. So uh, there you go, Arlene. Um, they're not answering the question. No, she says I'm answering your question, and she says something else. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. They 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 learn deflect or whatever. She's getting away with murder. She's really bad at the job. Even worse than Jen Psaki. Even worse than Jin Saki. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see. Uh, Joe in Long Island. Where on Long Island? Uh, Mount Sinai. Uh, I'm oh. a transplanted Brooklyn guy, mm-hmm. and I know the city pretty well. I yeah. spent 55 years in the city. And to see what's going on and to see that woman get, get the crap beat out of her by that lunatic, and then to, to see that uh, – People in New York City and in the whole state, especially people of color, are voting Democrat. That's why I said last week, people of color are the biggest problem we have. No, I didn't. Now I remember, Joe, you, 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 you were very you were very crude when you said it and how you said it. And I didn't like it. I just didn't like it. And and it's not true. The people of color. What did you say? Pete, Joe, that's a bet. No, Joe. No, I, I don't. I don't agree with you. Uh, and and, and you know to what? say it like that in ugly terms, goodbye, Joe. You know what? You know what? It's my show. Goodbye. Um, I don't like that way of uh, – and I even didn't like the way you said Mount Sinai. You know, you're an unfriendly person. And, oh, by the way, the election isn't over yet, all right? Jimmy in Staten Island. Yes, Jimmy. Hey, I finally got through to you, the Grand uh, Wizard. How are you? Nice to talk to you. Oh, fine. Good. What's up? Uh, well, to tell you the truth – I just can't believe what's going on. With the, they, we got to give her another name, this Jean-Pierre Ratatouille. I don't know what that name It just don't fit when she speaks. It should be more like Cheminoud. But she can't get a sentence out, and she lies, and she stumbles over her own lies. Well, it sounds like Joe I mean, Biden. I mean, her boss is Joe Biden. She gets points for that. Um, yeah, I know. Well, let's face it. She's not a big deal. No one really sits around talking about her to the, for the most part, although the last two callers have mentioned her. All right, Jimmy, thank you very much. Uh, one more. Eric in Manhattan, yes. Hey, Greg, what, what Joe is saying, um, easily let automatons are a problem. Um, I was telling you, your screener, you know, well, you just said about how the pervasive racism, it's foreign to you. It is foreign. It's foreign to you. It's foreign to me. It's foreign to, it's foreign to the country. You know, um, you're, you're only a few years older than me. So you remember when you were a kid, did you ever hear about racism? When you're a certain age, before a certain age, it was like you heard uh, more about smallpox than you heard about racism. But then, you know, Barack Obama, his job was to bring back racism. And here we are. I defied anybody to prove me wrong about that. And I voted for him twice. That, that is the vote I will regret the most the second time I voted for him, before I woke up. Well, you know, anyway, listen, ra- hey, racism was around uh, a long – there were racial incidents when I was growing up. I do remember them. I do also remember just not – not dwelling on those issues. I happen to have gone to a very diverse uh, school, actually, for uh, the early part of my childhood, Meadows School, Schubert School, and it was uh, it was just not a thing. And uh, now it's now it's everything. 
Man, you voted for Obama twice. Hey, I was fooled the first time. I've admitted it. I voted for him in 2008. Okay. And, uh, but 2012, by that point, I was, I had uh, awakened. I was, in a way, woke. All right, give me a moment. I'll be back in a sec. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, I didn't hear all of DeSantis yesterday, but he looked very, very gubernatorial. Very gubernatorial. Not yet presidential. He's got a ways to go. He kind of has this spoiled brat kid thing going. It's just there. It's just beneath the surface. It is. I'm sorry. Look, I love the guy, but what's the rush? Okay. In 10 years, he'll be 53 years old, right? I mean, like it's, there's plenty of time. And, um, but I, I, not yet, not yet. Uh, let's see. Is this one of those moments where we shut down a reporter? Uh, ooh, we live for these, don't we? Cut four. FEMA Administrator Chris Wall said today that she acknowledged concerns that of Florida's, as was said, lacks response to the storm so far. And that whoa, some whoa, whoa, that whoa. Give me a break. That is nonsense. Stop politicizing, okay? Stop it. We declared a state of emergency when this thing wasn't even formed. We've had people in here. You've had counties doing. Uh, they've done a lot of hard work. And, and honestly... You're trying to attack me, I get, but, like, you're attacking these other people who've worked very hard. And so so that's just totally false. Um, I don't think we've ever, certainly since I've been governor, declared a state of emergency this early. Uh, we made sure that we were very inclusive with it. We said that there was a lot of uncertainty, and, and we've worked to make sure um, the preparations that have been done and all the, the stuff. You talk to the people at the counties when they've needed something, stuff gets there very quickly because of what Kevin and his team have done. Um, can I just... What did the reporter say at the very top? He he seemed to be saying that somebody else said that you guys are being lax. Just the first couple of seconds. Cut four. FEMA Administrator Chris Wall said today that she acknowledged concerns that of Florida's, as was said, lax response to the storm so far. And that whoa, 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 whoa. All right. Did, wait, did the FEMA Administrator say anything like that? Let's just look it up, huh? Whoa, 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 whoa. That is politicizing. Granted, it is. And that's what political reporters do half the time. Oh, so-and-so said this. What do you say about that? Oh, it's all very gossipy. It's right out of the high school cafeteria. It's ca- high school cafeteria stuff. You know where the reporters weren't? Interestingly, they weren't in the... It should be more like the library, actually. Report, instead of, oh, somebody said this two seconds ago in math class. What do you say about that? Oh, boy, did you hear this? Oh, he said that about you. What do you think? Ooh, just trying to stir up trouble. However, let's see, FEMA... Florida lax. Let's see here. Did anybody say that? DeSantis to reporter, stop politicizing. Okay, there's the, re- what, what the hell did the, did somebody say that, that Florida was lax? I didn't see that, to be honest. I've not seen anybody say that, and I don't think it says it here. Um, Biden caves finally calls Governor DeSantis. What about the lax stuff? What about the lax stuff? Let's see here. Governor, one FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell said today she acknowledged concerns about Florida's, as it was said, lax response to the storm so far. All right, Deanna Criswell. Hey, Deanna, are you did you did you criticize Florida in this hour of need, Deanne Criswell? Lax, is it lax or not? Let's see here. I don't see. I can't find that. I don't think it's. Uh, it just might be, it just might be them stirring up trouble. Let's see here. I don't know. I don't see it anywhere else. I don't see a direct quote. Did she say that? It would be a very bad thing to say 
although these are all political appointees. That's what they do. They dwell in politics. As far as helping people, I mean really helping people, that's really hard. That's really hard. It's much easier to go around calling everybody a racist, but to actually fix problems like this one, cut 26. Community leaders rallied tonight on the northwest side after a double shooting left a seven-year-old girl dead and her six-year-old sister in the hospital. The girls were shot while in a car on West Grand yesterday at three in the afternoon when someone in a black SUV began shooting. Chicago police say it happened at Grand and Merrimack around three this afternoon. That's when someone shot the two sisters multiple times. Their mom was loading them into their father's car. Serenity and Aubrey were uh, shot. Serenity, seven years old, died. Aubrey, six, seriously wounded. And police moved fast. They believe they had the shooter. They believe they found the shooter. Guess who didn't want to move on it? Guess who didn't want to make any arrests? Uh, What's her name again? Fox, F-O-X-X, Kim Fox, the state's attorney, their version of a district attorney. Oh, we don't don't think the evidence is uh, warrants an arrest. Oh, really? Oh, yeah? You sure about that? Well, the police were so convinced, they went right to the judge. Usually, you've seen Law & Order. They give it to the DA, and then the DA brings it to the judge because they're on the same side. They're on the same team. That's not the case anymore. So the cops brought this case themselves. Ultimately, uh, somebody was arrested. Great reluctance from the district attorney's office. Even, you know, of all people, Lori Lightfoot. Lori Lightfoot is uh, every now and then she's not crazy. So listen to this. There's a total all-out gang warfare shootout, guns blazing, feels like downtown Iraq in Chicago, and nobody gets arrested, actually. Cut 27. Oh, shooting from a building. So far, looking out the windows on the second floor, we got a red shirt, black male. Reports of a man shooting from a building. The gunfire, according to Chicago police, in response to four gunmen who appear to have mounted an organized assault on the home, frightening nearby residents like this woman who asked us not to use her name. It don't make sense. Every day I hear somebody getting shot, killed or shot, a shot. It don't make sense. Well, um, it does happen all the time. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I mean, this is just another day. Cut 28. CPD's 25th District Tactical Officers responding quickly to the gun battle with paramedics racing into this volatile scene to rescue victims. One wounded individual believed to be an offender rushed to West Suburban Hospital in Oak Park, where he was pronounced dead. Two victims from the house were taken to nearby hospitals as well. A third victim said to have driven himself to the emergency room. As Chicago police were able to safely evacuate a man, woman, and small child from the home on the 1200 block of North Mason in Chicago's Austin neighborhood. Offenders uh, shooting from that black and blue charger. The attackers jumping back into their vehicles, fleeing the scene, according to witnesses. One vehicle later found abandoned and burnt at Chicago and Lockwood. And the other vehicle, a dark blue Dodge Charger, crashing into an Oak Park gas station. The driver escaping on foot. All right. So a hell of a lot happened there. Okay, people shot up uh, cars, hijacked cars, crashing. I mean, a lot of people to arrest in charge, right? Nobody was charged. 
Nobody. Zero. No, we're not going to bother with it charging anybody. You know why? Well, I mean, when two people get into a fight uh, and nothing is broken and only they're hurt, do you really do you really want to make a big deal out of it? There's a principle called mutual combat. So if two people are having a fight in a bar uh, and only they're hurt and you don't break anything in the bar, police may not file charges. Sometimes that happens. Well, that's what they cited here. We're not going to file charges because it was just these two gangs shooting at each other. And nobody else was hurt. Well, <laughs> gang members. I mean, gang members are people too, right? I mean, you got to law and order. So you know who was totally mystified that no charges were filed? Crazy lady Lori Lightfoot, the mayor. She says it right here. We got all this evidence, yet uh, Kim Fox is not filing charges. Are you insane? Cut 29. We have to understand how it's possible when this kind of shootout is captured on film that there were no charges of any person, even though people were brought into custody. I'm hard-pressed to think about what the additional evidence would be when it's all on capture and videotape. you got officers on the scene who have body cam and dash cam. What more is necessary? Whatever the other evidence is that needs to be gathered, the police department is going to be Johnny on the spot and make sure we get it. But this is, a, to me, a very compelling case. Lori Lightfoot said it was a very compelling case, yet the district attorney was prepared to look the other way. What is happening? What is happening? I kind of know what's happening. I mean, (laughs) uh, George Soros, uh, he funded a lot of these people, I believe, including uh, Kim Fox, uh, these district attorneys who are more concerned with racial woke ideology than uh, actually your safety, my safety, Um, and this myth about over-incarceration. You know, actually, I've looked up the numbers and more on this in my book, um, which comes out in January, uh, America under-incarcerates. It's true. We have too few people in jail uh, by by, uh, certain standards. Uh, We'll go into that in, in a bit. It's fascinating how many... Fictions. And you know who buys into this stuff the most? The lazy drive-by media. It's good enough for them. Hey, Bob in New Jersey, what can I do for you? Hey, Greg, good afternoon. How are you? Real quick, um, we hear about a lot of dis- discrimination that is occurring and we're white supremacists. Well, you know, as a white male being 62, I can give you specific instances as being discriminated as a white male due to the fact of quotas. When I was about 22 years old, I wanted to become a New Jersey State Trooper. Could not get in because my score was a 70. However, minorities and women who scored in the 70s were able to go on to the next level or the next phase of training. Hey, nobody likes affirmative action. Nobody. White people don't like it. Asian people, black people, Hispanic. Once people understand what it is and how it works, nobody likes it. And oh, by the way, it could be a big issue. There's time in October. The Supreme Court hears arguments, I think, on Monday, first Monday in October. And there's a big one that could change the game in November. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. There he is. 
uh, Governor DeSantis, he's having his Cuomo moment. I hope he doesn't screw it away like Cuomo did, but uh, he's given a briefing and he's doing a great job as governor of Florida right now in the middle of this crisis. Let's listen. Piggybacking off of that, Governor, what are some of the federal and state funds available to make that happen to kind of speed this up? Well, in terms of infrastructure, I think, I mean, Kevin can, and we also have Gracia Check from FEMA who's here. Uh, we've gotten approved for, uh, what, 30 days they approved us? 30 days on Category B and A at uh, 100%. Okay, and, and that's more of like the immediate... So that's on the public assistance right. side, but uh, this particular county is under an, uh, an individual assistance major disaster declaration, so we will set up the disaster recovery centers, and uh, we'll have people be able to register for that. So that's on an individual basis, and so somebody loses their house, and they may need temporary assistance, a, a hotel accommodation, something like that, you know, they're going to be able to do. Jimmy Patronus, who's here, our CFO, as part of those recovery centers, they're going to have insurance <laughs> villages. You know, if you look at what Lee County had to deal with, these are massive, massive flood events. And so most of these people who have mortgages and they're in a flood zone probably had to have flood insurance. So they're going to have people that could help with those flood claims. You also have wind damage with the traditional homeowner's insurance policy. So that's going to be important. In terms of the overall infrastructure, uh, obviously we're, we'll seek federal support for that. But we're also, you know, Florida, we're, we're well positioned financially right now to, 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 to get through this. I mean, we have the largest budget surplus we've ever had. Uh, we've worked very hard, of course, to keep the economy open and make this a state people wanted to be in. And so we, we're seeing historic reserves, even as we've continued to break records with the revenue coming in with no income tax and low taxes. They revised it in August, saying, okay, Florida's getting more revenue. And then in September, we're like $300 million over what they estimated. All right, I like so, them. I like them. Um, it, it's, it is true. They have no income tax there in Florida, which, oh, by the way, has kind of bitten them at times in the past. Uh, because, uh, yeah, you can buy a lot of stuff. I remember I was in Punta Gorda back in 22, when the hell was that, 2004, in the aftermath of, pardon me, I think it was Hurricane Charlie. And... Um, I remember, like, days later, the lights were still out, and finally a bunch of generators came in from, I think it was, like, uh, uh, Virginia. I mean, all this stuff was coming in from way, way, way out of state. Low taxes are great. I'm all for them. But, um, yeah, it's it, it does limit your buying capacity at some point. Now, they have come up with some brilliant formulas to uh, get the money they need. But again, I'm looking at DeSantis, and I just think he needs another 10 years. I think he needs those kids at least to graduate from uh, college. Can't be running, can't be a White House, uh, can't be a president with with kids in grade school. I just don't think that's um, that's appropriate. I think the, the president, uh, somebody that young, would be understandably, naturally thinking about his life, her life, after the presidency, because they're going to be... They're going to be alive for a hell of a lot longer. And when you get somebody like Trump, it's it, this is it. This is essentially it. And it's he's already earned all the money, all the fame, all that stuff. He's got it all, and it's all about giving back. He's got those amazing adult kids. Hey, I think, uh, I mean, one of them is approaching 50. How old is Don Jr.? So he's not going to be worried about his kids and his future and who's going to hire him. Uh, the way somebody, I believe, like DeSantis, it's no real ding on DeSantis. It's anybody of that age. Obama, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I didn't like him, he didn't work that hard, uh, always home by 6 o'clock to have dinner with his daughters, which is great, makes you, uh, you know, dad of the year, but it doesn't make you much of a president. 
It really doesn't. And he, he, he did not live up to the moment. And that's my, that's one of my big beefs with, uh, with him. Hey, in the meantime, goodness gracious, I feel like there's some, I'm in my fifties now and there's something about it. It's, what is it? Uh, we have more responsibility and we eat what we have to eat to, uh, get through the day. Uh, we can't sit around taking care of ourselves. It's like, you know, these young guys who are always going to the gym and eating those lean, uh, protein shakes, whatever. It's like, uh, you know, constantly shining your shoes. We can't sit around shining our shoes. We got stuff to do. When you get to a certain age, you got responsibility and you can't screw around like, uh, like everybody online. So I'm not going to beat myself up about the, the, the pretty significant gut that doesn't seem to be going away. Um, and the moment things get a little bit out of hand, I am going to grab for fruity pebbles or whatever's nearby. And I wish, I wish I had an option. I wish I could do something else, but Hey, look, these are, these are not big problems to have. Not big. You know what a big problem is? If you're out there doing your job as a police officer and part of your job is enforcing the law and you're trying to make an arrest and all hell breaks loose and the entire community turns against you. Cut 34, please. They ready. Look. Locked up. They ready, boy. Bring y'all asses home. They ready. Look at your goof out of here. This guy is just ripping on the cops. Look at your little stupid ass out of here. I'll beat the shit out of you. I'll beat the shit out of you, little You can't beat me. He's talking. Harassing the cops. Poppy. Poppy, look. Look, I'm a with you, Poppy. Look, I'm a with you. Look, I'm a with you. I'm a with you. With you. The cops pretty soon have enough with this guy. Cut 35. You can't beat me. You too small. Look, he has a little mustache. Oh, you up. You know that, right? I will beat your ass. Look, look. Look, he got his little stick. He got his look. Look, look at him. He got his stick. You gonna put his helmet down? I'll beat the out you. You know that? Do you know that? But with just me and you, I will f*** you up. Badly. You hear me? I will f*** you up something different. And it's cool that they all hold you down. Here it that comes. That you feel that you pull your little stick out. He's about to go too far. Out. But if it was just me and you, I would beat the sh** out you. You hear me? Your DNA would be under my sneaker, mother That did it. You hear me? A lot of you mother can't f*** with us. But it's cool because y'all have a cool, the blue game. And it's cool. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. <laughs> Don't touch me. Your DNA be under my sneaker, blanky blanky. Bill in Delaware, welcome back. How are you? Hey, how are you? I, I really think you're right about DeSantis. At, at least he should wait for uh, what's going to happen with Trump. Give him the space and then go from there. But what I called about Greg is I'd like to know the percentage of crime committed by whites as to the complete uh, percentage by all races. 
Maybe in New York and national, if you, you know. Uh, look, I, uh, do I have the statistics off the top of my head? No. However, I do know this. Look, crime is horrible. Crime is awful, no matter who commits it. But I've said for a long time we're having a silly conversation about race to avoid having a more important, consequential one. And, yes, an uncomfortable one. And it is a fact that there is a disproportionate amount of crime uh, uh, committed by uh, people of color, especially African-Americans. It's true. Uh, now, uh, we could talk about the cultural. Who knows? Who knows? It's complex. I am not qualified. I don't have the answers. One of them, however, I think a contributing factor is there is an epidemic of um, of uh, fathers who go MIA in uh, the black community, there is. It's uh, Barack Obama at one point had the had the nerve to uh, to talk about this. Now, if you really break it down, there are probably, and I don't know, but you know, look, there are probably more crimes committed by uh, white people. But per capita, you will have an overrepresentation uh, uh, when it comes to uh, the black community. You do, and I'm sorry, that's true. Uh, you can look it up in the almanac; it's easy enough to find out, and. I just, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I voted for Obama. Oh, by the way, and I think that was part of his plan. You know, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk openly about the problems in the African American community the way white politicians can't. All right, and he would actually go out and say, you know, it's too bad that uh, so many. Uh, look, he would make observations about dietary habits in the black, in certain aspects of the black community. You know what? I want to step back because he would use the phrase black community a lot. What is the black community? What is the white community? There is no such thing. There really is no uh, the black community. What does that mean? I wouldn't say white community. Is there a black community? There are people all over the world, different stories everywhere to lump them all into the black community, which I hear all the time. I've used the phrase myself. I just used it two minutes ago, uh, two seconds ago. Obama used it plenty, still does, but I think it's kind of problematic. Hey, man, you're in Delaware. Uh, what are you doing there? I left New York a few years ago, and uh, it's pretty good, pretty good. I'm in, the, I'm in the Republican part of Delaware, the most southern district, uh, Sussex County, where things are still, still uh, like an older America, you know? Hmm. And it, it's pretty cool. Everybody is uh, very friendly people down here. Nice, is that where nice Dover Air Force side. Base is? Is Dover Air no, Force we're Base? way below it, about right. 50 miles above us, right before you get to uh, uh, Maryland or Ocean City, you know? Yeah, all right. Right where, where our friend lives. Biden has his summer house down there, right? House, yeah, but basically uh, he's uh, in, in a sea of red. It's a you know, kind it's of a funny state. It's a funny, peculiar state when you look at it. You know, wedged in there in Delaware, uh, Delaware and Maryland, and it's only the size of a county. I mean, there are counties bigger than the state of Delaware. There are. In New York, there's a county bigger. I think St. Lawrence County in New York State is bigger than the state of Delaware. Can you believe that? Can you believe the deputy – imagine a dep, a, the number two county executive, a deputy county executive becoming pre- – it's just crazy. He becomes a senator of that – Little state, and uh, and here we are. Anyway, uh, Bill, thank you very much, and let's do one more. Sandra, Sandra standing by. Hello, welcome back. Oh, welcome back to you. You know, I was thinking that if you become mayor, you would be the best one yet because people love you, you're fair, you're compassionate, you're fun. 
So how, how could you do that? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, am I fun? Am I Eric Adams fun? You know, this guy, he's got flow. Did you hear about his flow? Wait, do we have him talking about his flow? Uh, that's not the way he flows. Cut 43. You've had a lot of mayors that did the waltz. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. I do the boogaloo. I salsa. <laughs> you know? So don't, don't, if you want to get through these next three years and three months, don't try to script me. Ooh, he do the salsa. He do the boogaloo. You know, I don't know if we need a fun mayor again. I may, I may uh, de-emphasize the fun part. I'll be the guy who gets to work and works his ass off and does not party. All right, that'll be my. Uh, I gotta, I gotta come up with a slogan to summarize all that. But uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be the party, uh, the party guy. Hey, Sandra, I gotta go. Say one more thing. Oh, okay. I wanted to say that I found a lot of people, you know, I went to have my hair done by a new place and we're talking and then the woman says, are you a Trump person? I said, I'm a, yes, I said. And then all of a sudden everyone was coming over and they were all excited. So I'm trying to say there's a silent phenomenon on people who think the way we do. Well, I'd like to see a little bit less silence and more people taking a stand in the beauty parlor uh, and elsewhere. You know what I mean, Sandra? Let's not be uh, intimidated. Let's not hide. We got to, you know, hey, it's a free country. This is still America. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, have you been following J.R. Majewski? Uh, hey, do me a favor. Find that where Trump says, uh, J.R., you did those great big signs in the in the forest and in the fields, and uh, they're great. J.R. Majewski is a Republican uh, running for the Congress in Ohio. I think he's getting a raw deal from uh, the fake news. Go figure. He's going to join us in, in just uh, a little bit. And um, I love it. I love it. He's um, – and I would not do it myself, quite frankly – being a member of Congress, being one of 435 guys, yikes, one of 435. You know, it's a big country, 300 million people. We only have 435 um, members of Congress elected while well, we have 100 in the Senate. So that's 535. And then we got a vice president and a president. That's in a country of 300 million people. We've got 535 elected representatives uh, that's actually not very big, but when you're one of them, <laughs> it's uh, it's very big, and they're all vying for attention, and uh, it's a real struggle to get things done. However, if you're a freshman in this upcoming Congress, I think it's going to be pretty spectacular because uh, Republicans should be in charge. One of the very first things they're going to do is uh, impeach Joe Biden, which I think is totally, totally uh, in order here. And uh, the other thing is um, impeach Joe Biden and – oh. What about the 25th Amendment? Now, here we have another moment. Right after Joe, and we started the show like this, Joe was speaking at uh, FEMA in Washington, D.C., and he makes some comments, and um, I mean, they were passable. 
But then he puts down the microphone and he goes in the wrong direction. I mean, he just puts down the microphone and walks like to the back of the room and he's not supposed to be there. Anybody can tell this is not where you're supposed to be. Yet he goes there anyway. He's got big problems. The 25th Amendment is something that could very well be in his future. I could really see it happening. Couldn't you? And we were warned. We were so warned. And you know who did? Uh, Trump. Trump himself. Hey, by the way, tonight, a couple of things on the Newsmax show, which should be pretty good. Uh, Bill O'Reilly will be joining me. He's got that great book, Killing the Legends. And it's about how fame killed people like, well, Elvis Presley, uh, John Lennon, Muhammad Ali. Uh, I think there's a couple of others. I have always kind of wondered about that, though. You know, like a guy like Elvis, he's so incredibly talented. What a rush he must have gotten being on stage in front of all those people, you know, performing, doing something that he was so good at, singing uh, the, the guitar and stuff. I mean, just Wow. Yet that's not enough. He had to get high, these artificial highs, heroin, cocaine, all that nonsense. And you know what happens after you're high? You come crashing down. That's the that's the real bad part. You got you then you crash. The lows are so incredibly low. It's one of the reasons why I stopped drinking. I mean, you know, when you're you, you drink, you're euphoric, you know, but you're also sloppy and stupid and weird and not at your best, and you're doing damage to your body every step of the way. Um, but then the next day, you feel so terrible. I'm not just talking about the hangover. I'm talking about, like, anxiety. And somebody told me this. It's like every day your brain has about 16 pleasure chips. Think of it this way. Chips, right? You got 16 chips, and you do something. You get an assignment done on time. Ooh, that feels great. You get a pleasure chip. Uh, you have a great meal with friends. Oh, you get a pleasure chip and a half, okay? Things like that, pleasure chips, and you get this sense of well-being. Well, when you start using uh, drugs like heroin and cocaine, well, you use up all those pleasure chips, and then you go into the next day's supply and the next day's supply and the next day's supply. And then <laughs> it was one of the reasons why you wake up feeling so horrible, in addition to the dehydration and all the other physical stuff. But neurologically, you're in this real deficit, and how do you get out of it? Well, take more drugs, and then you go into even further deficit, and then you get all skinny and nasty and weird-looking. I'm sorry, but it happens. And uh, just another reason to stay no to this stuff. Hey, one thing about Biden. It's weird, actually. You never hear him talk about it. He's a teetotaler. He's never had a drink, doesn't smoke, uh, never did drugs. And this is kind of when it came to drugs, he did have kind of a hard-line policy. Um, we know what happened to his son, of course, but there's never anything about this, never anything about the the epidemic, the fentanyl epidemic, the opioid epidemic, all this stuff uh, circulating throughout the country, killing people that he seems to be okay with. His inaction on the border tells us that he is okay uh, with what's happening. He's okay with it somehow. I'm not. Are you? I know this, the people in New York City, New Hampshire, big towns, small towns, it's something that um, that really does bring us all together. Hey, Lou and Garrison, yeah, what can I do for you? Hey, Greg, I wish I could vote for you. I think you'd make a hell of a mayor. Thank you. Thank you. The only thing I was going to say is Teddy Roosevelt didn't do too bad a job as president with all those young kids in the house and being so young. So, uh Well, you're right, you're right, you're right. But you know, here's one thing about Teddy. He was rich. He was he was an aristocrat. 
he was so incredibly wealthy, he never had to worry about this stuff. He was a rich kid, no doubt about it. He, uh, right, Sagamore Hill, he inherited that. So, you know, he he had the bandwidth to worry about. You know, the guy was writing books. He wrote, he was incredible. That guy, I mean, a madman in a good way. And I know he had a lot of kids too, but I don't think it applies. I mean, Ron DeSantis, and I like this about him, but he was a middle-class guy, a middle-class kid. You know, his parents very much working class. He went, I think he went to like Harvard and Yale and places like that. Um, but he'd be worried. He'd be, he'd have one eye on what the hell am I going to do after, after the presidency? Do you understand? No, I, I, I see the difference, but at the same time, maybe we need a middle-class guy who can understand middle-class worries. Hey, listen, I, I, maybe I'm too fresh off of Chris Christie, all right? I mean, I, I'd like to know a little bit more of the substance of... Uh, uh, remember Chris Christie in 2011, 2010? He was having all those silly fights on the boardwalk, and he'd get into the reporters' faces. Do you remember that? Yep, I do. And remember how we fell in love with that? We thought it was so cool? Remember that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel like we're in that same phase with DeSantis. All right? Let's take our time with this guy. And there is time. I got to go. Thanks, Lou. Interesting point. I appreciate it. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, it's us. WABC is thriving. Um, it really is. Hey, you know, we're building a TV studio right here. Well, we've had it for a while, but we're enhancing it. We are building it up even further. And it's... um. It really is exciting. Um, no greater supporter of law enforcement than uh, WABC and John Katsimatidis. He believes him in them, uh, likes them, genuinely likes them. And that's where you uh, have a big difference between um, what we got right now, uh, the, the left, mainstream media. I think they uh, they don't like them. They don't have much respect for them. And um, when Black Lives Matter summer broke out in 2020, who was Obama talking about when he said this? Please cut 30. To bring about real change, we both have to highlight a problem and make people in power uncomfortable. People in power uncomfortable. People in power uncomfortable. Well, cops were pretty uncomfortable then and since. They already had a tough job, a very tough job, right? Just going after a bad guy, a bad guy who wants to do you harm. But now you got to throw in the media, some jerk with a cell phone, some uh, hysterical person on Twitter. Everybody seems to have it in for law enforcement. And what happened as a culture, as an entire culture? They took the side of George Floyd, a career criminal derelict who I wish had not died that day. I really also wish that the Minneapolis Police Department handbook was not written in such a way that said, Authorized technique, placing your knee on the neck of a suspect to subdue him or her. Also had little pointers on how you could maintain the airway. Placing your knee, leg on the neck of an individual in custody that you're attempting to arrest. This was authorized by the Minneapolis Police Department. I did not write it. I think it's pretty horrifying that it was in there, but it's in there. But we're going to just pretend that George Floyd was uh, was a pope, was uh, was a saint. Cut 31. I also spoke to Gianna, George loves, George's young daughter again. 
When I met her last year, I've said this before, at George's funeral, I told her how brave I thought she was. And I sort of knelt down to hold her hand. I said, Daddy's looking down on you. He's so proud. He said to me then, I'll never forget it, Daddy changed the world. And I told her this afternoon, Daddy did change the world. Actually, a bunch of uh, cynical people trying to exploit his death they change the world. They change. What's better? By the way, what is better? Change the world how? I agree. The world was changed, but it was turned upside down. Upside down. And now you have like a, somebody like Kamala Harris, who at the time was a prospective vice president of the United States, running around shooting her mouth off like this, cut 32. I know that there are protests still happening in yes. major cities across the United States. I'm just not seeing the reporting on it that I that right, I had that's right. for the first few weeks. That's um, right. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's they're not. This is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. And and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. It is going to. They're not going to stop before election day in November, and they're not going to stop after election day. And that should be. Everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not, and we should not. Uh, how about that, huh? You're not going to, the, the protests that were not peaceful, they were vandalizing, and you know what, you can't, they were assaulting cops, you can't peacefully take over a street, you can't peacefully sit down in the middle of 3rd Avenue, Right what I'm looking at right now, that was taken over, and it wasn't peaceful. How could an ambulance get through? How could people going about their business get through? We couldn't. This was dangerous, and it set the entire city back, and it put people at each other's throats. Everything is worse now. Everything is worse. And it was all for politics. And you know who saw it coming? In 2019, gosh, she is amazing, Candace Owens. Candace Owens, before Congress— there was a they brought in a panel of uh, white supremacy experts talked about how white supremacy was mis- metastasizing which is a joke and then they somebody decided let's bring in Candace Owens to get her thoughts on this and uh, she is so what is the word anointed i think anointed listen to what she had, listen to what she said cut 33 please bottom line is that white supremacy, racism, white nationalism, words that once held real meaning have now become nothing more than election strategies. Every four years, the black community has offered handouts and fear. Handouts and fear. Reparations and white nationalism. This is the Democrat preview. Oh, and in 2019, oh boy, was she onto it. What an amazing woman. Hey, one of my favorite Trump, one of my favorite Trump moments He's at a rally in Ohio, and uh, he gives a very special shout-out to a very special guy in the audience. Watch, Listen to this, please. And in the audience, we have somebody who doesn't know he's going to be announced, but I have to because he's been out there, and he's been farming, and he's been carving the name Trump. He's been carving the name Trump on his farm, and those planes would pass over that farm. You know who I'm talking about? And he's a great guy, and he's in there fighting for whatever the hell he's fighting for. I don't care. I love him. <laughs> J.R. Majewski, he's been... Fan- Where is he? Where is J.R.? He's around here someplace. He had no idea we were going to do that. J.R., yes? 
Hello, JR. You didn't even, they didn't even give you a good seat, JR. But we, but we love you, JR. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. This guy, he carves that name Trump in those fields. He's a genius. Thank you, JR. Really nice. Well, J.R. Majewski at the time was fighting to become the Republican nominee for Congress from Northwest Ohio. And with a bit of an assist from Trump and a tremendous record and a devotion to our country, he pulled it off. J.R. Majewski is a Republican nominee for Congress. He's trying to take out a long-term Democrat, and I think he's going to do it. J.R. Majewski, welcome to WABC Radio. How are you? Good, Greg. Thank you for having me, sir. I appreciate it. You bet. So listen, give us the lay of the land right now. What's going on with the campaign and uh, how are things looking? Right now, things are looking good. We're fighting every day. Uh, we're out in the district uh, developing individual relationships so we can change the hearts and minds of the folks here that have been under the representation of this far left progressive Marcy Kaptur, who has dominated the uh, political landscape here in Northwest Ohio for 40 years. And uh, they're happy to see a guy like me in Trump land and in, in a Trump district and a Trump state and a Trump country fighting for America first. It's interesting. Marcy uh, Kaptur, who has been in Congress since I was in seventh grade, <laughs> uh, longest serving woman ever. She is a Democrat, but she is running. She's actually running away from Joe Biden. She's saying, I'm not with Joe Biden. I'm my own person. Now, she started doing this like three days ago. <laughs> uh what what are how is that going down? I mean, is is this? Uh, it seems pretty phony to me. Is it working? What what are people saying about it? No, I mean, Greg, it's not working. I mean, the people here in the district have have suffered under her leadership, like I said, and they're very very well aware. I mean, with President Trump taking office in 2016, he really got a lot of folks in this district to be politically motivated, and he gave them hope and. They've dug into her record, and she can't hide behind it anymore. She cannot be the Marcy Captor in Northwest Ohio and then a different Marcy Captor in Washington, D.C. And the people expect her to distance herself from Joe Biden on the floor of Congress, not during an election cycle. And they're going to hold her accountable. That's why they've elected me. That's why I won the primary. Hey, what Trump was talking about, like you have uh, kind of painted his name into fields and with a great deal of precision, uh, what did you do? Describe what you did and how did you learn to do whatever it is you did? Uh-oh, you want to give me to give up my magic. So um, a little bit, it's a little bit art and a little bit science. Um, through art school and high school, I learned how to, you know, do very complex portraits. And we used a, uh, a graph to do that. And then I applied some of the things that I learned in the nuclear power technology when we were surveying welds and and things of that nature. And so essentially what I did was I took a design and I drew a one by one inch by one inch grid over that. And then I transformed, transformed that grid into one foot by one foot. And then that gave me essentially a roadmap so that I could uh, be as precise as I, as I was with not only painting his name in the 2020 logo, but also painting a portrait of him. Well, it's pretty cool what you do. Uh, and you can see it, it, it. The best way to see it is like from a drone from the from the sky. And uh, it's really incredible. All right. So, Jr., we don't like uh, we don't like Marcy Kapner. Uh, tell us a little bit about you, uh, your background. And, um, you know, how did you get how did you get to be in this position? Sure. So I'm a uh, born and raised in Toledo, Ohio. I grew up with a uh, mother and father who had been married one year longer than I've been born. 
and um, I have a younger sister. I'm the oldest grandkid, and uh, went to one of the predominant high schools here in the in the city. I grew up in in what is the you know most crime ridden and uh, impoverished neighborhood in the district. But despite that, um, I had a, a very sound family and a, and a group of friends that pushed me and held me accountable. That said, I joined the United States Air Force. I served proudly uh, four years, served during our Operation Enduring Freedom, and in the Middle East, as well as uh, um, having a 20-year, very successful 20-year uh, career in the nuclear power industry. And um, I decided to run partially because, you know, I became politically motivated by my support for President Trump and some of the pushback that I got from, you know, the local Democratic Party. I'm the type of guy that if you tell me no, then I find a way to say yeah. And so yeah, I got tired of uh, watching politicians face soft, face complex issues, but not provide common sense solutions. And I was just tired of yelling at my television. And I think my wife was too. <laughs> and so the district at first was a D plus 16. And I got in the race fearlessly. Now, hold on a second. Really, what, really is, hard. what does that mean? D plus 16? Um, from my understanding, that means there's 16% more Democrats in the district than there are Republicans or independents. Mm. All right. So that's a and deep blue uh, seat. Hard to take very out. Deep an, blue. Hard to take out an incumbent, but uh, this, uh, this, you've made serious headway. Yeah. But it's, it's turned to a, an R plus three after redistricting. Um, it, it's totally flipped. And that's why you see the nervousness from the Democratic Party. That's why you see the nervousness from Marcy Kaptur. And her slander campaigns that she's been um, she's been lately partnering with the mainstream media to launch these ridis- ridiculous character assassination attempts. But like I said, Greg, I've worked really, really, really hard over the past year, and uh, I did it the old-fashioned way. And people respect that. And you know, there's they're they're not they're not listening to all the lies. They, they know better. So if, uh, by the way, folks, if you want to help Jr., you can go to jrmajewski4congress.com, jrmajewski4, the number four, congress.com, very Googleable, M-A-J-E-W-S-K-I. And, um, hey, what's it like day in and day out campaigning? I mean, like, you get up in the morning, uh, like, what's the first thing you do? Uh, what, what, what's a day in a life like? It's, n- it's not a nine-to-five job. It's certainly not a desk job. What, what does it look like if we were yeah. watching you? Well, the first thing I got to do when I get up is let my Rottweilers outside and uh, <laughs> make sure my wife is content for the day. Then I hit the road, come to the office. I assemble with my team. They tell me what they're going to do for the day, and then I hop on calls. And, and in those calls, I'm calling people in the district, uh, inviting them to – meet and greets, fundraiser events. And then from there, I usually position over to making calls throughout the country um, to well-known Republican donors and sometimes businesses that uh, have an interest in the district. And I talk to them about the race and see if they could introduce me or if they're willing to uh, support my campaign financially. And then at night, normally we have a a team get together again, and then we uh, have been having events where we're going out to the different counties in the district and you know, we're sometimes having dinner with them. The other day we did a clay shoot and a barbecue. So we had about 70 people there. We shot, I think, a couple thousand clays and had a really good time. I got spanked by a 12-year-old that really knew how to use a shotgun. But, you know, <laughs> uh, that's pretty much the day-to-day. It's it's a grind. It's uh, 16 hours a day, no more, no less. I wow. mean, it, it's something that you really have to 
you really have to want to do. Campaigning is not easy, especially when you do it the right way. Well, listen, we're counting on you. Well, I'm glad you're in this race, and it's imperative. It's imperative that uh, we take this from the Democrats. They're just absolutely ridiculous. They're ruining this country. Everybody knows it. J.R. Majewski, you heard what Trump thinks of him. He loves you. So you can check out J.R. Majewski for Congress.com. And, uh, hey, listen, it's not pretty, but uh, money makes the world go round. Hey, let me ask you something real quick. The money, and we all know, you know, you need money in politics. What does most of this money go to? Um, my money goes to buying yard signs, um, paying overhead for people that are knocking doors. I mean, you know, certain people want to volunteer and they don't want to be paid. But, you know, gas is expensive because of what Biden's doing to the economy. So, you know, making sure that the folks are getting paid to, uh, you know, to, to be able to maintain their lifestyles. And, you know, also we, we have a, a small team of consultants and communication folks that help us stay out on social media. But for the most part, uh, my money is being banked in the campaign account so that we can get ready to launch all of our radio and television ads. J.R. Majewski, many, many thanks. Good luck. Keep in touch. J.R. Majewski for Congress, everybody. Take care. Thank you, sir. All right. And we'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, we're a couple of moments from Mayor Giuliani. Oh, gosh, I got to talk to him. He was on my show last night, the Newsmax show. The Newsmax show tonight, 10 o'clock. We're doing some fantastic content. And my book, my book, Justice for All, How the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, available wherever books are sold starting in January, early January. You can pre-order it on Amazon and all that stuff if you like. Uh, and I would really like it if you did. <laughs> I had all these friends and family saying, when do I get my free book? Uh, how do I put this? Uh, buy it! <laughs> I just, I just, I, I, I am going to give lots of books away, but I do need people to buy the damn thing. Because you know what? I want to sell, I want to buy, uh, I want to write another book. Fair enough, fair enough. Freddie. Hello, Freddie in Manhattan. Greg. Yeah, love the TV show, love the radio show. Yeah, great. I got a great idea for you. Here. What? I know John Casmatidis would speak for the money. Why don't you do the show from Washington for a week and get in on these press conferences? We don't need Ducey. Why don't you get in there, ask the questions about the laptop, about the big guy, about using uh, Trump's quote out of out of order to to run? There are good people on both sides. Get in there, and even if you they don't let you do it. It'd be a great story about how they prevented you from getting it to No, I mean, uh, look, number one, I live in New York, all right? And you're only talking about it for a week, so let me explain why I'm not going to do that. I used to work at the White House, by the way. From 2005 to 2007, I was a uh, White House correspondent. I went to the White House almost every day. And they do have a credentialing system. You can't just show up at the White House and say, here I am. Uh, And this is true with uh, Republican and Democrat administrations. All right. They, you got to like you got to apply. It takes a long time and then you get a pass and then your news organization determines, OK, well, who are we going to give these passes to? We've got two, uh, three, I think, very good White House correspondents right now. We've got James Rosen. Um, we've got uh, this other guy, Art Chowden. And who's the other one? Uh, 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 shoot, I can't remember. Well, James Rosen is the top guy. He's fantastic. And he was there. He was the guy yesterday who said, uh, hey, I think about John Lennon all day long. I don't uh, wonder if he's alive or not. Remember, he said that it was him. 
So I can't uh, say, hey, James, take the week off. I'm going to be here. So there's some practical concerns. And also, look, I got I got I got to. I live here in New York. I, I don't want to go down there and make a spectacle out of myself. I, I just don't want to do that, to be honest with you, Freddie. All right. It was, a, it was a nice thought, you know, but keep up the great work. Thanks for all that you do. Thank you, Freddie. All the best to you. Uh, Mike in St. James. Yes, sir. Uh, the mayor's election is 39 months away. Uh, when Ugh. you become mayor, will you have the power to get rid of Sanctuary City? Well, uh, there's a lot. Sanctuary City isn't exactly illegal. Um, there's a lot of fake news about sanctuary cities. And uh, let me just make it quite clear that New York City under Mayor Kelly would be extremely cooperative with federal law enforcement. All right. Extremely cooperative. So no one would mistake New York City for a sanctuary city. However, at the same time, I'm not going to have the NYPD round up illegal uh, illegal immigrants. That's not what they're there for. You have to remember that. You want people who observe a crime to tell the police about what they saw. And that it's another show, quite frankly, to talk about the uh, uh, why you don't want local law enforcement engaged in that matters. And you certainly don't want them, however, thwarting. Um, thwarting uh, federal law enforcement. You know who's actually had a very, who was really good with this stuff? Uh, Bloomberg, Kelly, and Giuliani. Giuliani put a federal presence, I believe, uh, at, at, at Rikers Island to facilitate this kind of stuff and make it safe for people to report crime when they see it. Thank you. Sandy in New Jersey, yes. Oh, how apropos. It's so great to speak to you, and you're terrific. What Thank makes you. What's apropos? Why? Let me tell you, I just sat down at my computer, and I, the first thing I see is FBI whistleblower claims agency is retaliating against him. So the special agent, Stephen Friend, made waves in Washington when he came forward as a whistleblower, saying that he uh, he's alleging that they're creating a misleading impression about rising domestic terrorism figures stemming from the Capitol riot. Yeah. So he's been so um, Senator Grassley and Senator um, Johnson, Ron Johnson, are throwing all their support behind him. And I just wanted to bring this to everybody's attention. What happened to if you see something, say something? Well, you ever notice that whistleblowers are only glorified if they are from the left, you know, Vinman uh, glorified because he was anti-Trump. Um, uh, you know, the women who came out, Enron, this, that, and the other thing, they're all glorified if they are from the left. If you have somebody who might lean right or somebody who might be critical of a Democrat, they are demonized and criminalized uh, like this guy. I got to know more about it. We may have more tonight. Sandy, thank you for reminding me. And with that, folks, I got to pack it in. I got to turn the microphone over to Mayor Rudolph Giuliani. And, uh, hey, was Bill Barr walking around the neighborhood? Somebody said he saw Bill Barr recently. Bill Barr, the former attorney general. Well, there was a pretty good bar right across the street. He, Anybody ever see when he was drinking? He was drinking with Lester Holt. He had a big bottle. Of, he had a big scotch right in his hand on network TV while he was trying to sell that silly book of his. I am not a Bill Barr fan at all. Gosh, what a swamp guy. The swamp it doesn't always win. It seems that way, but it doesn't always. All right. With that, uh, I'll see you tonight at 10 o'clock. Many thanks for all your support. Uh, Rachel, John, Nancy, Christine, Jimmy, and the rest. Arthur, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. 
Uh, good stuff. Bye-bye.